0: They're hitting me with some hard questions. They're bringing some amazing advice. And, and I'm telling you, I take notes from every one of these episodes from these people that have actually lived it. They've gone through it and have turned their businesses into amazing empires. So I hope you find a ton of value in this. And I hope that this becomes something you come back to and listen to often.
1: You know, one of the when you, when you talk about parenting, one of the worst things you can do is to treat all your kids equally. Because they're completely different kids and they have different needs and they respond differently. But employees are that same way. So when you find out, you know, hey, this is what motivates this person and this is how they respond. This is how they learn. You know, then then you can start to truly onboard them uh, by designing a workplace that they're going to be comfortable in. And then you're going to retain them.
2: I'm really excited about our guest today. I have known him for years and years and years, and he was probably my first... Uh, as a when I was a business owner, my first person I that I got to know who was like had this uh, business that was like steps ahead of mine, and it was had this business that he'd grown out. It's like, oh, I want my business to look like that. Uh, and he's super smart, uh, and he's an army veteran, so that makes him cooler. Uh, so uh, I'm really excited to have Mike on the sh- Mike Wilbrink on the show uh, with us today. So welcome, Mike.
1: Well, thank you. It's great to be here. I really
0: appreciate the invitation. You know, I want to jump in because I want to dive right now. I'm fascinated with, with your journey and your story, and I'm going to get right into talking about hiring. So question just to put you under the gun, just to start off and have some fun with it. How the hell do you know as a business owner that you're actually ready to hire?
1: That is an incredibly difficult question. And the blessing and curse of being a business owner is employees. <laughs> yeah, 100% they are, agreed. <laughs> they are our biggest blessing and they can be our biggest headaches all at the same time. And, and just because you bring somebody on doesn't mean today they're not going to be your biggest blessing and tomorrow they're not going to be your biggest headache. Because they can be both. And, uh, but, but people are, you know, we, we're successful because of teams, right? Um, sure. The Azul logo is eight heads around one problem, um, and and that it really takes a team to accomplish things. Uh, but it uh, it it can be a really challenging thing, Donnie.
0: Yep, yeah, for sure. I know for us, it came down to we just got too too much capacity, right? We had too many things going in too many directions, and we needed help and support to accomplish, you know, the overall mission of things we're trying to accomplish. So is there a area that people should be looking at in their business? Like, you know, for for most businesses, the solopreneur, they're starting to grow. What's that first hire most people should make, in your opinion?
1: You know, I I really think it depends on the business. And I'm a big fan of outsourcing. Mm,
0: Uh, so so,
1: So when we talk about... You know, the the CPA role, when we talk about, you know, other advisory roles and different things like that, um, I don't think you can really outsource sales. And, and I know Kevin's got a big background on that side, but um, everything else, you know, when you can outsource that, I think that's really good. But there comes a point, like you just mentioned, where you can't outsource it. You know, you have to have somebody here or it's not economically um, beneficial to outsource it. That's when you have to have that first hire. Um, now, if you're a painter, you're obviously going to need a crew at some point in time. Because you have to do that to reach capacity. Um, if you're, you know, a staffing company, you you're going to need recruiters. You're going to need other things like that, and so it just depends on each one. But once you can't outsource, then then you got to bring it inside.
2: Well, and it, it's funny because most small businesses, the first thing that they want to hire for is sales. Yeah. You know, we have this conversation with people all the time. They're like, "Yeah, I need to hire salespeople." We're like, "You." You can't sell yourself. <laughs> you haven't figured that piece out to be able to do it yourself. Why? Oh, wow. Bringing on salespeople is not the answer. That's actually going to make more problems initially than, uh, than solve them. So, you know, I've, I'm i really big on that operations side. I think, you know, the the ability to outsource or hire someone who takes things off the plate of the CEO uh, that allows them to do more things on actually focuses on scaling and growing the business. So being in front of more clients, doing more strategic work and actually doing CEO things is I think, uh, you know, the, the really key uh, piece of hiring or bringing on a team.
1: Oh, I, I would completely agree. And I think for a long time and, you know, businesses are in seasons. We can talk more about that in a little bit, but um, you know the the owner of the company needs to be that best salesperson. Um, they, they have to be the one. Why? The story. Why, why Mike? Because, because
0: we say it knows, all the time, but oh, I want to hear you right, say it. Right.
1: But nobody knows the story better. And, and unless they're emotionally or intellectually or, or, you know, socially tone deaf, they can hear what the clients need and address it and help them in an advisor position.
0: I'm going to keep and that, that little phrase in my back pockets, socially tone deaf. I just love that entire <laughs> phrase and I'm going to use that on a more regular basis. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Mike, but but I love that. Yeah,
1: he, he, He's going to yeah, use I, it I'd, at I've me. He's Mike, he's totally going to be using that new nickname is
0: socially tone deaf. <laughs> That's but awesome. it's just
1: people don't, people don't take that time to listen. But when you <laughs> get somebody you know, in sales or the owner and they actually try to engage with that client and say, okay, what do you really need? You know, then then we can start to have business with good clients. Um, we've really made adjustments in our business model. And, you know, we still have some major clients like, um, you know, Medtronic and, and Cargill and, and Gartner and some of these major clients. But but we're really going after specific clients of, you know, 250 people or less. Because I can have a relationship with somebody in that business and say, okay, what do you need? What is your culture like? How do we make that fit? And I think, um, I think Donnie, your question about when do you make that first hire? Uh, it's when you find the person that matches your culture is almost as important. Actually, it's probably more important because
0: yeah, because somebody. I, to that, that point, I want to find a hire for culture and then teach them for to to be able to be great yeah. at their job.
1: You you can do that to, to a great extent, um, but knowing that that when you're training that person, it's really going to decrease what you're doing. You know, because because no matter how moment. well you,
0: sorry, for a moment,
1: for for a bit. But when you train that person, you know the best they're ever going to do is eighty five percent of your intention.
0: Mm, that's a valid point.
1: are going to get it perfectly. And and so you have to now sometimes they'll do it better than you can imagine and that's a great hire. You know if they can stretch it's like, "Oh my gosh, I never never would have thought of that." We had a person at Azul that was running um you know, she was focused on doing our payroll and um and Amparo did a great job cuz she would come up with uh say things like, "Hey, did you know we could do this this way and it would be better?" Oh, those are the amazing. best
0: employees, man. They they they're the that's absolute cool. best. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, that, I, I want to retract my statement that I want to always hire for culture and then teach. The only reason I say that is to to scale a business, ultimately, you're going to have to have people that are 100 billion times better at things than you are. You know, like How at some point, want. we're going to have to have people that can outsell us. You know, we're going to have to have people that uh, are thinking on more global mm-hmm. reach and global expansion and the like. So so there is a you know exception to every rule for sure. Success Champion Networking has been by far the coolest project we've ever built. You know, bringing together like-minded, badass CEOs and business owners that are rapidly growing and scaling your business. When you do networking the right way, you can't help but, you know, open doors for others, help others build their businesses, and they help you build yours. You know it's time that networking got an upgrade, and with Success Champions Networking, we've literally changed and solved the problem of what most people hate about networking. You know, no multi-level marketing. You know, no scams. You know, you've got to be a legit badass to be a part of these groups. So if you're looking to up your game, grow your business, scale, and go bigger, come hang out at SuccessChampionNetworking.com. As people are you know, bringing on whether they're outsourcing or they're bringing on these new people. What, what does that onboarding process look like? What are the things they need to do early on to ensure success? Because I've screwed it up royally in the past, like really bad.
1: <laughs> well, I think that there's a, um, there, there's a couple of different things. One, you know, if you hire a person, uh, then you're going to want to get to know them. And in that onboarding process, you need to understand: okay, what things? What are their love languages? As horrible as that sounds, you know, that's that's not a anti-HR thing. It's a what really makes them tick.
0: Love languages and, is actually a psychology. It's a book out there. If y'all are curious,
1: yeah. And and so what what motivates them? Um, and and how do we uh, how do we reach them? And how do we incentivize them? Because You know, one of the, when you, when you talk about parenting, one of the worst things you can do is to treat all your kids equally because they're completely different kids and they have different needs and they respond differently. But, and employees are that same way. So when you find out, you know, Hey, this is what motivates this person and this is how they respond. This is how they learn. You know, then, then you can start to truly onboard them uh, by designing a workplace that they're going to be comfortable in. And then you're going to retain them.
2: You know, that's that's interesting. I'd never thought of and because I've heard the, the concept of love languages before. Um and I've seen a couple where it's phrased in forms of tacos, and I thought that was really interesting. <laughs> uh, but uh but I've never looked at it as you know how it applies to employees and how they uh and how they get motivated. And so I, I think that's that that's really interesting. Donnie, what what's your love language?
0: Uh, so I've actually never read the book. If you want me, if I was completely honest, but I know one of them is acknowledgement. Um, that's that's a big thing for me. Uh, as we do things, I like to be recognized for stuff. And the same token, that drives me freaking bonkers because I just shouldn't need to be <laughs> acknowledged for stuff, right? Um, but that's why I always went after awards and things because awards were were proof of that's Why I won all the sales awards and everything because now. I got that acknowledgement. Yeah, you know,
2: that that life. that was that was mine too when I was in the sales arena was I wanted the I wanted to be the top number one each month. I wanted the recognition. I wanted to be the one the GM was calling out for you know most sales, you know, whatever the recognition was, I that was the one I wanted to win. So You know, I I think that that uh, the funny thing is, I don't like to be publicly acknowledged. I don't want to be controlled
0: knowledge. (laughs) Right. Right. That's why I tell everybody I like it's like I like being center of attention as long as I'm controlling that attention. Right. I'm purposely (laughs) making it happen. Like, I don't want to be called out in the middle of the room and asked to perform type of thing. But but I if if I won something, cool, I'm up. I want that acknowledgement.
2: Yeah, I, I I want the hardware, but I don't necessarily want to be have <laughs> the hard the praises. Way. Yeah, I don't want to necessarily have all the praises sung around about me like in public in front of a big group and have me, because then I just get all embarrassed and, and stuff. So <laughs>
0: well, now um, we know what we're gonna know, do it this next know, summit. You know, you when- did it the first summit to me.
1: Of course I did. <laughs> so <laughs> You know, business awards are something really, really interesting because, I um, mean, Azul, we have just won, you know, buckets of awards. And you've been to our office a while ago. Oh, you yeah, they're wall-covered. <laughs> top, top,
2: top 10 places to work in the Twin Cities and, all you know, like every year in a row for the last, you know, decade. So well, <laughs> and,
1: and thank you. What what really was interesting about that is that it was great for the team Esprit de Corps. Um, but, and it was great for branding, but it didn't get us a lot of new business, but it helped us get on message. So there are some benefits to a lot of those. Tell me
0: about that. What do you mean by helped you get on message?
1: So, so like, for example, we, um, we won veteran business award or veteran veteran business of the year award from the SBA. Okay. And, and so, and that's a pretty notable accomplishment, but, but in order to do that, we had to gather what we were doing Right and being able to put that down. And and it enabled everybody to have that elevator speech much more highly polished because we had done that and then taken that to different
0: organizations. So, so to win that award, you had to submit documentation of some sort, and then to do that, you had to bring the team together. That's actually an interesting idea, you know, and Kevin makes me wonder what awards should we go after to, to do that same process.
2: Well, and I've heard you say that to other businesses uh, multiple times that apply for every award that you can and whether you get it or not, go through the process and go through the work of doing it. It makes absolute sense. It's not just the action of getting the award. It literally makes people think about uh, what the business is and what it does and how you phrase it so that people get it. Uh, And and that is always an issue for businesses.
0: Yeah, it's it's almost a team building activity.
1: Yeah, it, it really can not be a team building thing. And what you find out when you get the team together to go after that award is you find out areas that you might not be going after that you should be. Mm -hmm. So there was a 10K small business um, opportunity I was given a mini masters by uh, by Babson and Goldman Sachs. And Mm -hmm. in that process, we came back and we really focused on what we do well. And we added a whole new section of uh, project management uh, to that because of feedback from the team. Was really great.
0: That's actually really fascinating. I, w- I would have never thought about going through an award process to dive into what you're doing. Well, that's a we're gonna have to give that a go and see what we can find. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if I want to add that much more crap to my plate because we we're already doing all the things. But but I like the overall idea of it. Oh, uh,
1: and and then the other thing is a lot of the awards that three quarters of the awards that are out there. I'm not going to mention names. They're okay. There's only a couple of them that are really worth striving and going after.
0: Cool. Can you give um, me a list of those? Like, email me just a list of the good <laughs> ones so I don't waste my time with all the other ones.
1: <laughs> yes. We can have an offline conversation about that because some of those are really worthwhile and some of them, you know, it's like, great. Thank you. I appreciate it and um, have a great day. So, <laughs> but, but that's really about protecting your brand as well.
0: yeah the thing that drives me nuts about a lot of these awards or recognition things is all the emails you get on hey if you'll spend eight thousand dollars we'll put you in the you know the. i got one this morning did you (laughs) yeah
2: uh sales program development top 10 technology sales program development companies in the united states (laughs) only cost me three grand to get on the list
1: (laughs) Uh, no it's just a lot of that stuff just isn't uh isn't worthwhile but but it is a good team building thing, and, and your employees do appreciate that um, for the most part. It also tells you we had one employee that you know she just wasn't going to be a part of the team no matter what. I mean she was good at her job, but that made it really interesting. and um, you know you you say, you know be be you know slow to hire and quick to fire, um, you really have to uh, have to look at that. so
0: yeah cause that's, it's always that's interesting fun. because people are always at their best on interview day. You, know, you always get that best version of themselves. Sometimes yeah. it takes a little while for, for the real person to actually show up uh, because some people are just oh. damn good interviewers. And unfortunately, some people are sucking interviewing too.
1: Well, yeah, there's, there's an IT company that we're working with in Egan. Actually they're a they're an insurance company and we're working on an IT position. And um, that position is going to be a contract to hire position. And the IT director um, really enjoys contractors. And he's like, well, why would I not, if I'm going to hire somebody full-time, why would I not bring this person on temp to hire? So they're going to do three and a half months or so on our payroll, and then they're going to join their team. Mm. And that's great because then you really get to know them. And if it works, that's great. If it doesn't, you know what? It's it's neither here nor there. It just wasn't a great cultural fit. So we're not a cultural fit, but, but fit for a lot of other reasons usually. Yeah. We that, usually that, get that... culture on the park
2: that whole concept of people always putting their f- best foot forward in interviews when i was a sales manager i always made my my best candidates do ride alongs with my sales team cuz they would yeah. actually they all all pretenses were gone as soon as they got in that vehicle with my my sales guy you know they started acting like a salesperson and they stopped acting like a candidate yeah. for a job, and my my no. guy would come back. Yeah, this guy is a total dick. You were, he right. would not fit on the team. Here's all the issues. Or yeah, no, this guy's this guy's solid. He actually knows the stuff, and you, we had a really awesome uh, day together. So and that that is really key. And, and it's funny because candidates don't think about that when we put them out with the employees to hang out. They're like, oh, cool, I, I can I can just let all my guards down.
0: Yeah. You know, the same token, when we were doing, we were helping a lot of our. I did a lot of sales training. Uh, we were helping companies bring in their sales executives and their leadership team inside the sales side of things we would make them go out to dinner and bring their spouse along because now we're getting a really 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 inside look um two things that i've always looked for how are they going to treat the servers because if you're an asshole to a server you're going to be an asshole everywhere right And and the second side of that is how do they treat their spouse Right. If they don't put their spouse in the limelight, they make them take a back seat. It's very telling about a lot of things um, that we found, especially for the type of companies we were helping them find their sales leaders for.
1: You know, Donnie, that's that's so really wise. Um and, and you can learn an awful lot when you uh, when you share a meal with somebody. So you have- I want
0: my editing team to grab that and make that a loop. Donnie, that's so wise. Thank you for that, Mike.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it, it had to happen. Eventually, someone was going to call you wise and not just a wise
1: ass. So. Right? <laughs> I think Eddie and Keem cut out that part. Should I say it
0: again? <laughs> so they hit the of <laughs> likely, likely, likely.
1: You know, it's it's really funny that you say that because uh, Henry Ford would take people out to eat. Oh. He'd take their, his new managers out to eat. And if they would salt their food before they tasted it, he wouldn't hire them.
0: Because, how they, yeah. yeah.
1: How can you make a judgment and make an adjustment before you know what it is?
0: And, you know, and as a guy, a couple of guys who love to cook, You know, both Kevin and I, I 100% agree with that. If I've spent hours making a meal and you salt it before you even taste it, that's like highly offensive.
2: (laughs) So there's a caveat to that rule. If you're at my house, because my mom has gotten rid of most of the salt and most of the sugar in her cooking because of dad, um, I just automatically salt my food now. (laughs) Because I know there's not any in it to begin with. So... I'm
0: Noted. Just, there's that one cat. So, so, so Kevin's just a rude asshole. He's going to salt everything <laughs> you cooked. Got it. Got it. You no, go just at my dad. mom's house. Just, in my, just, just <laughs> at my house. <laughs> Too funny. You know, Mike, I know you talk a lot about the seasons of business. What is that in your phraseology? Tell us a little bit about that.
1: You know, um, I, I've been an entrepreneur for almost 25 years. And um, uh, it's what I've really seen time and time again, and, you know, we are also, uh, as you guys know, um, you know, we're a, a faith-based group. Um, seasons come and go. And and I think that one of the things that we really have to look at is um, embracing each new season of business. And so there you might be in a season of growth, and that's great. Embrace that. But then know that there's going to be a season where you plateau and embrace that as well. And then there might be a season where you contract. And and if those are all for good reasons, there's no reason to say, "Oh, well, you know, I'm feeling really down because we contracted." We contracted a bunch right before the pandemic, and that's one of the best things I ever did. Um, and so I would So do the, it, it, you know, is would,
0: that to three seasons in, growth, plateau, and contract?
1: Well, and, and yes, I think that that's really what we look at and and you're you know you're going to go through those uh, things, but you can break those down into to smaller sections as well. Because um, you know you might might be in a season of where you're really going after a particular type of client. Mm. You might say, "Hey, this is really the next thing I have to chase." Um, you know, maybe I maybe I'm going to go after IT companies, or maybe I'm going to go after this, or maybe go after that. And it's a season where you really do that. And it's like, okay, I've I've worked on that market, so you can have different things that you go. But but I think. I think sometimes we um, we forget to say it's the end of the season and that's okay. Mm. That that sales effort didn't work, or it worked really well, but now we've we've reached market saturation. So that that season's over, and I think a lot of people don't know how to say, ah, that's good for now.
0: Well, that's fascinating because i know for sure as a company we've gone through we'll call them seasons but you know we've we've started chased down ideas started projects that we no longer do you know and, and things like that and sometimes you can hold on to things for way too long uh, because you just have in your head it's going to work it's going to work until you finally get to the point where you're like okay this is too much energy and effort to keep chasing this thing at the moment we can come back to it at another time Oh, That's fascinating because we've also gone on the journey of clients and who we're targeting, and who we're going after, and the evolution, if you will, of our businesses has been tremendous from where we started. And if you look at the networking groups from who we were targeting early on kind of anybody with a heartbeat <laughs> uh, to get the thing off yeah. the ground, you know, to, to where we're now focusing more on the B2B business owners and bringing them into the mix. So uh, that's a cool way to, to look at it. How does somebody recognize what stage they are in?
1: I think that takes a lot of self-awareness and being able to just step back and and say, hey, you know what, what's realistic? Um, and and it's not I'm not going to say you, you take yourself too seriously, but but some people don't take the time to just step back and reflect on um, on what we're doing. And the other thing that that when we combine with that, Donnie, is, you know, grace through this whole process is incredibly important
0: you know, because yeah, cause you can beat the hell out of yourself being a business owner.
1: Well, not just yourself, but your employees. Yeah. And then you're going to see other business owners. I beat the hell really out of
0: Kevin all the time, so.
1: <laughs> you're going to see other business owners that really screw up. Yeah. And, and you're going to say, hey, you know what? Am I going to be pissed at that person forever? Or do I think that there's a possibility that they made a change and we might be able to work with them again? Well,
2: and so, we, we put we put uh, in place really early in Success Champions the whole concept of within our culture of going, go break shit yeah with the idea that if you aren't trying stuff and screwing it up you're not actually growing and scaling your business so you know yeah. and we're starting to look at you know how do we integrate this into our team concept of giving them that ability to try stuff and say all right so i did this and it didn't work. Here's what screwed up. But here's what we learned. And now here's what we're going to be able to do better in the future. And I, and I think that you as a business owner, you know, we can't we have to keep that in the forefront that if our employees aren't going out and trying stuff, we're going to be stuck where we're at forever. And if you don't actually have an effective team, uh, you, you know, you just have a group of a group of followers that are just going to wait for you to tell them what to do.
1: Yeah. And Kevin, tell me more about that, because one of the things that that was a, a, um, an issue, a problem, I don't know how you want to describe that. But, you know, it's it's the the entrepreneur dreams big. And then you like you said, you have these followers and and a lot of times they can't get to the, catch the vision or or they aren't able to see that you're chasing new things. And that can cause a lot of division in a, in a small company.
2: Yeah, and I think really for us it was that, that was very much a, a Donnie thing that he brought to the table when we started working together of like, oh, let's go try this. And eighty percent was good enough. And and I was able to really wrap it around the whole concept of you know how we learn to do planning in the military through MDMP, that eighty percent right now is better than ninety seven or hundred percent too late. You know, we have to have a just that workable plan that we can go start that we can give to the subordinate units to start executing. Uh, and then we can keep refining it as we go. You know, we had to do the exact same thing so we could iterate really quickly and that we could then test things out and it was having that in place was really powerful for me as an introvert because i'm an analytical guy i want to overanalyze and think and put together the really great plan and have the you know the best information possible uh so you know making decisions you know Sometimes Donnie still has to say, Kevin, just make a decision. (laughs) Pull the trigger. (laughs) Yeah, just, just do one. I don't care which one it is. Just pick one and we're doing it. So, you know, that go break stuff gives you permission to, to try something new and not have to be afraid of repercussions if it doesn't work.
0: Well, and yep. I, to add to that, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this, Mike. The it was the idea of Google, you know, having their twenty percent time, you know, where they told their employees, you know, get twenty percent. And I want to be around people that always want to tinker with things, always want to try new stuff, and always want to figure things out. I don't want to sit around with a bunch of people that just do, like just having a bunch of data entry type people that that's all they do is a mundane activity is not something I'm interested in. Right. So we look for people that completely geek out on whatever it is we're hiring them for. So, so like recently we hired a young guy named Lou to handle our YouTube stuff. And this kid just geeks out on YouTube. So, so young guy. And uh, in finding people like this, you don't have to give them a whole lot of direction. You give them a mission that what you want them to accomplish. And then you let them go and give them the freedom. To go break things along the way, knowing that we're going to figure it all out. And if you can create an environment where everybody's willing to try stuff because there's no consequence, unless they royally fuck something up. I mean, you you can really screw some things up. But, you know, like if the the YouTube channel were to shut down or something because they did something unethical or illegal, now we got problems. But if you would create an environment where people are allowed to test and try and go create, get creative, you're going to find some amazing business breakthroughs and some things that we weren't looking for in the first place will pop up because they're geeking out and tinkering with stuff. What are your thoughts around that?
1: Oh, I think that that's incredibly powerful. I think the challenge is to find people with that mindset. Agreed. Um, and, and that, that really is, you know, there's so many different different ways to hire people. There's so many different ways to bring people on, but finding some of those folks that are going to be able to do that um, is just incredibly valuable. And, and I, I have to say that I probably have a 30 percent personal success rate in doing that. I've got a really I've probably got an 80 percent, 85 percent success rate placing people that do that. Um, but it's, it's sometimes the internal hires that are the, uh, the hardest ones
0: yeah well, there's more emotion attached to it right so as as we're we're hiring now, it's okay, we're gonna be the one spending every day with them. We're gonna be the one you know you know doing the ins and outs, so we more often make a gut call versus a logic call in those type of situations and although i'm a I'm a go with your gut guy, I can't not say that my gut calls haven't always been hundred percent spot on you know, and I've done some bad judgment calls um and wow. i but I think also, and as business owners, we want to see the good in people. We want to see the good stuff, and that can tend to cloud us looking and noticing things we should have caught in initial conversations and the likes. You know, we recently. Yeah, we,
1: we gloss over that all the time yeah. because we are we are the honest, you know, we're, we're an optimist. That's why yeah. we're running a business. You know, because if we were a pessimist, we never would have started anything. For sure. Um, so it, it really is hard. And that's, that's really why, you know, I'm not going to... Okay, so this is a 10-second commercial, but really finding somebody else that can help you find good people and screen those people is so important um, because when we place, you know, an ad for um, for somebody or we're trying to find somebody, as a business owner, then we have all these different resumes to sort through and we're trying to find, find the best one. If, if we've got somebody that can help us sort those guys... You know, and, and for this position, I bet I've looked at 150 resumes for this IT position, and I've sent three people forward. Hmm. And and just to, to filter out the noise, but each one of these three people could do the job, and that's why it's a hard decision. Um, but to filter out the noise is just so important, and we want to know about these folks. You know, and, and if you're individually hiring, I mean – you know, HR can come and jump up and down on your desk if you're asking the wrong questions in the interview where, as you say, hey, you know what? I got a guy and we know a guy and we can bring them in and they're vetted other ways. You know, it's a lot more success in that format.
2: So one of my biggest issues when I bring on team members, and it's been like this for years, uh, and I, I'm, I'm working on it, Donnie, just leave me
0: alone, <laughs> is,
2: you know, it's really hard for me to give up the task, mm-hmm. you know, because you know, I am an, I'm an integrator personality, so I do the stuff. I am, you know, especially when it comes to the automations that I build, you know, giving up letting someone else come into my sandbox and touch my toys and do things is really hard for me. And it's really hard for me to give up the, the actual control and say, all right, go build this thing. Uh, whereas I was like, oh, I'll just build it quick. It's fa- it'll be faster and I'll get it done the way I wanted to do it. done how do you how do owners figure out how to do that how do they make that transition from doing the stuff to managing other people doing it without you know without micromanaging and driving the new employees insane
1: yeah that's that's a great question and i think i think kevin that comes back to that outsourcing thing that we had earlier you know we're willing to outsource so many other things you know we'll outsource some of our accounting stuff we'll outsource you know, even office maintenance will outsource, you know, all kinds of things. Well, maybe not in Donnie's case, outsourcing maintenance because he still likes to ride the buffer, right, as a Marine. But that's a whole <laughs> other thing. Um, but, but we outsource everything else. And I think, Kevin, giving it a try is the first thing that you have to have. You know, working with somebody that it's not going to cost anything for their opinion. It's not going to cost anything to cost to talk to these first couple of people. And then it's like, oh, you know what? these guys have a handle on this and they really are listening to me and they're trying to figure this out. Um, you know, that's, it, you got to give it, you got to give it a try because at some point in time, you can't just build everything in your sandbox. You have to expand.
0: Well, and I think it goes back to, in you know, I have some of the same struggles in this arena and different things, but it comes back to at some point, we've got to find people that are more talented more skilled in certain areas that then the things we can do. Um, I'm dreading the day when I've got to find the salesperson that can outsell me because that's been my M.O. for years. I've always been the top gun you know, in all the companies I work with. But I know that I can only take it so far. I can have the biggest vision in the world, but it's going to take the biggest team that are experts in their key areas to be able to take us to that next level. So there's there's going to come a time to where I'm going to have to get my ego out of the way. And bring in the the right people. And that's going to be a tough moment. I'm I'm not going to lie because uh, I like the competition of it all. So uh, it'll be interesting.
1: So, Donnie, I have a question around that because salespeople are really hard to hire. How are you going to know that he can outsell you?
0: So the one past performance, right? So my firm belief is no good salesman's on the street, So I'm going to be stealing them from another company of some sort. So I'm going to have to go find somebody that's got a proven track record in a similar type industry that's already accomplishment, which means that's going to cost me a shit ton of money to drag them away from a very successful career. Um, I know that in my head, that's the only way I'm going to be able to do it unless I were to, you know, do this thing like partner up with you, Mike, and make you go find them. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, partnering with us and make us go find them is really good. But, but, Nani, you're going to find them, like in the salesperson side, you're going to find them probably at an event that you attend. Oh, probably, likely. You're going to find an industry event and you're going to be like, wow, you know what? That Kevin guy, he really knows what he's doing over there. And, um, you're, going him, and you're going to watch <laughs> him. You're going to watch the bar at the event. And you're going to watch his interaction. You're going to watch him and see him out, you know. So at that initial thing, you're going to see all of those things you talked about earlier, how he treats the waitstaff, how he treats other people. And you're going to have an idea of his character. um, And then you're going to be able to say, "Okay, let's give this guy a shot.
0: Yeah, I've never hired off of a resume in my entire life. You know, we've always hired off of introductions or referrals, you know, and that just has been a way we've operated because – if somebody you trust can put the nod on them and say, Hey, you know, you need to sit down and talk to this person. It just takes a lot of the pressure off that initial conversation. And you have a commonality to talk about out the gate.
1: Yeah. And, and so that gets into, uh, you know, really where we've made a big focus change in the last um, in the last 12 months or so, we're really focusing on, you know, 15 or so really solid companies. And who they are and their culture, so that when we encounter people, Donnie, we're able to say, "Hey, you know what? I just met this vet because we do a lot with veterans. I just met this vet, and they would be a great fit for ABC Company." And so it's it's in the networking, it's in the the normal course of affairs that we encounter these folks, and um, then we can see their resume, and then we can say, "Okay, let's get them over to this particular place." Well, and you we're know what? all year long for those
0: companies well and what i like about that is one it takes a little bit of pressure off of you guys man i know they're they're hiring you guys for to fulfill roles but i love the idea that you're out there almost representing these 15 companies to find culture fit right so that's a cool way to go interact with people because you're you're finding the human side first and then you can go look at the talents and skills afterwards because once you bump into them now they're a good person. Cool. Let's go look at the background. Let's go look and see what the things they are into. Let's go see if they fit inside of one of these companies.
1: Yeah. And I think that there's a real gray area of how far you can look into their background. You as the hiring person, you know, there's only so far you can look into that person in the HR context, truly, before you bring them on. I mean, that's what Ban the Box and all these other things are all about, right? Now, people stomp on that on a regular basis, but You know, if I meet somebody socially or in another venue, I can really take a peek at them before I put them in. You know, I put my hiring hat on and say, let's go get them out to this person. And so when we send people forward, it's really important. Somebody um, uh, just at the beginning of the year, we're we're working on a placement uh, for a company here in Lakeville. And uh, she asked me, she said, so with your direct hires, what are your guarantees? I said, well,
0: (laughs) for the first 30 days. I guarantee we'll find you somebody.
1: <laughs> right, right, right. Well, if they fall off in the first thirty days, it's really probably not a cultural fit. If they fall off in thirty to sixty days, it's probably a misalignment and communication. If they fall off in sixty to ninety, it's on you guys. And she said, So how does that work? And I'm like, you know, I I don't really know. I think we gave half of a, a refund in the last eleven years. Because we just focus so hard on it. I would rather not make a yep. placement than make a bad placement. We're not in this, you know, for, for quick hits. We want this relationship like we've had and, um, and and like we can continue to build. And that's what hiring people is all about.
2: So a, a business owner is at the point where they're overwhelmed. They're like, I, I got to hire people. I need to hire someone to do stuff. Do you recommend... Th- they they bring on a specialist that focuses on like a specific aspect of business i e you know you find someone who can do your video editing you find someone who does uh, your email marketing uh, you know we we brought on someone who just does podcast placement for us yep. or do you want or do you have uh, suggest that people find that generalist? That will come in and can do like office manager and can do multiple tasks. You know how do you how do you make that differentiation of what type of role you should have?
1: Yeah, so so I think that I mean the three of us are are vets. Um, in each each one of us has recognized that that you have a commander and then you've got a first sergeant. And and as a business owner, the most valuable thing that you can have is that first sergeant. It's that operations sergeant that can. Follow directions. So Kevin, to your point, finding those people that will take direction from you and can follow with commander's intent and get that 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 video solution taken care of with eighty five percent and then allow you to make some of those final choices, that's really the wisdom there.
0: So, but let's say, you know, we're running into a marketing capacity issue, right? Like we can't do any more marketing. Do I hire a marketing person or do I hire a Facebook person, a Instagram person, a LinkedIn person? Do I go for a specialist or do I go for uh, overall generalist in, in that area?
1: Great question. And, and I would suggest, um, and we're, we're working with um, um, city of Mankato and some, some things like this, I would suggest the generalist. And the reason is because seasons change. And today, TikTok might be hot. Tomorrow, it's going to be banned. Today, this might be hot. And tomorrow, it might be this. So your generalist, Donnie, is going to be able to keep their finger on the pulse of what comes and goes? Well,
0: let me push back hire- on this because every time we've done a generalist, it's not worked because they don't understand. We'll talk specifically in the marketing space because when you hire a generalist in, in, in marketing, and it may be different in different industry, you know, uh, segments inside your business, yeah. right? Like a general operational person might be able to do this, but in marketing, in, in general, we found if you hire a social media manager, that just means they're really good in Canva. Right? <laughs> so they they're not actually dedicated to a platform. You know, and right now you've got the four, maybe five major social platforms that are moving so fast. And I agree with you that they could go away tomorrow, which means unfortunately that staff person no longer on the team unless you can find another spot for them. But we've found, especially when it comes to marketing, you've got to get dialed into the specialist. But I i I'd be curious about it from an operational if we could hire the generalist there because, you know, give them. Sure. Well, I'll get, you a, um, yeah.
1: I'll get you a contract right after our podcast and uh, game on, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, one, of the, one of the things, one of the things, Donnie, that I think is important, and I appreciate you pushing back on that, because one of the things that we found is that when you hire the specialist, they will continue to push that particular item after it's out of uh, favor with the general public, they don't stay on the trend, but they stay on that platform. And oh, so I can
0: see that. I can see that. That,
1: that becomes the problem. So, prior to um, running Azul, the staffing company, I ran a graphic design and marketing company for ten years, and and in that process, I would see people that would get stuck on one particular, um, you know, it's everything we got to do is on, you know. Drupal or WordPress or whatever it was, and and things would move forward, and and if that person didn't adjust, then you know it it held us backwards, or it pulled us backwards. So so I think that there's really an interesting mix, and that's where we have to keep our finger on, you know what what our people are doing, and we have to really stay engaged, especially when it's something that has to be so nimble as marketing.
0: Yeah, cuz we're in the direction of we're going to continue to hire specialists and then we'll be ultimately hiring the director to sit over the top of them. The director's job is going to be okay, let's make sure this platform is still running and gunning, what other platforms and things are coming down the pipes we need to be looking at, and it's going to be their job to pull the trigger if the platform's dying and no longer, you know, a thing. So, so that's the direction we're handling. And I think that director role is likely more set up to be a generalist in marketing as a whole, because now they get to look at the data and the numbers and the stats to see what's working, what's not working. It's always fascinating to think through. And
1: and I think if, no, I I think you're spot on. I think if you can be the, you know, the guy who's got their finger on is this platform and is this specialist, is the ROI on that really what I need to have? I think that's where it becomes really important because um, Jody's right now working with somebody who's spending money on specialists, and I'm like, you—it's it, just a, it's a horrible waste of money for this person to be doing their advertising in this certain area, and that specialist isn't going to tell them no because they're getting a check every
0: right, right, right. So, that's a valid point. Man, I yeah. bet we could sit and do this all day, Mike. Uh, I really enjoy. I, I love your demeanor. I am um, usually getting around these a lot of these more loud, crazy, and I like your calm demeanor because it keeps me from getting too amped up. So, so, um, so appreciate you doing it. How do our listeners find you out there? How do they get in touch with you if they want to learn more? Talk about the seasons. Talk about you know staffing and recruiting and the like.
1: Yeah, so so probably the best way for a lot of those folks to. Uh, to reach me would be through LinkedIn. You know, go to LinkedIn, look up Mike Wolbrink, and you can find me, message me, and we'll again talk about those side of things. We've got two websites that are up right now. One is azuleprofessional.com. That shows really what we do. And Azule is
0: spelled A-Z-U-L-E.
1: A-Z-U-L-E professional.com. And the other side of it on the philanthropic side, we have our um, small foundation, which is Azul Foundation, A-Z-U-L-E-foundation.org. And that's really where we do a lot of our work with veterans and other uh, other areas.
0: Very cool. Well, Mike, thanks for hanging out with us, brother. It has been a pleasure uh, sitting down and getting to know you. And uh, uh, I'm looking forward to the day that we can uh, grab an adult beverage. Uh, we'll wait till the weather warms up up there, though. There we go.
2: I <laughs> want to get him up here to do a polar plunge. Yep,
0: yeah, not going to happen. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> thanks again for doing this, Mike.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate it, gentlemen.
0: Man, what a cool episode! Mike is just a good dude, man. I love hanging out with him already.
2: Yeah, I he's been someone I've been meeting off and on with for years, and I, I always love the the conversations we have. He 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 brings such, and I think it's because he's really analytical too, uh, like me. So it's the the insight he gives when. Well, we that's talk the part that him, I didn't so like it's about really cool. him. Yeah, that's, you know, you. that's just because you won't embrace your inner introvert and analytical <laughs>
1: person. So, um, but
2: one well. of the things that it was really surprising uh, in this conversation is we brought him on to talk about how you hire and how you outsource stuff. Uh, and we ended up talking about messaging uh, and that whole concept of using awards for your business to really flesh out what you actually do as a company and what your messaging is. And yeah. I thought that was
0: just genius. I, I agree. I'm I'm really fascinated and I, and I have not done this yet. So this will be one of my, my kind of takeaways and to do's um, and is to find some business awards go after. I love the idea of filling out let uh, me, me correct that. He I don't loves love the idea me.
2: of filling out
0: paperwork. Yeah, no, no. That's the part I'm <laughs> correcting. Um, I love the idea of going through the process, whether we win or not, just to learn those valuable lessons and things about the company because I think there's probably a lot of areas that we hadn't thought about or looked at if, as we look at the company. And there's probably some real growth opportunities there and a hey, bonus if we win. But at this point, Without having to go through the process, I think going through the process is the win.
2: Oh, yeah. And, and it's really cool because that whole concept is of describing what you do uh, on this award application in a way that people who know nothing about your business understand what you do and the impact that you have. And I think that is a huge challenge for, uh, you know, it is, it's for us uh, definitely at times, but I think just for entrepreneurs in general, especially when they're trying to figure out, you know, how to grow and scale, you know, a lot of them don't understand exactly what they do. And if they do understand they, what they do, they don't understand how to say it in a way that other people are like, oh, that, that's so cool. I want to be part of that, too. So I I think that is such a huge exercise and a valuable exercise for, for entrepreneurs and business owners in general.
0: Yeah. I think it's interesting, you know, uh, here in Fort Worth, they have the business plan competition. I'm sure a lot of cities do that. Uh, and you know, the experience of being able to watch these companies do their, their presentations. Uh, and actually I think on the Stevie Don episode, I talked a lot about the one presentation I saw with this dude just flat out crushed it. But um, the they go through at least on that in particular moment, I and they're going through weeks upon weeks of things building out their business plan, and you know that's a lot of attention to detail. So I'm sure that part's going to drive me nuts, but it's probably exactly some of the things that we need to be doing. So, well,
2: and and the other one that pops into my head that we should look at is the Bunker Labs. They have yeah. their their uh, kind of mastermind group for veterans that are business owners, but then they have a huge pitch event at the end of each one and I'm like well that's that seems kind of cool too and I think it would get some uh, bonuses for us as well so but yeah you know I think there's a ton out there it's just you know neither of us have been really focused on uh, what awards and accolades we can hang on our walls yeah. Uh, for the company, it's really been out there and, you know, and how do we, how do we impact businesses? So I, I think that's going to be a cool exercise for us. Yeah,
0: I agree. I agree. So if you guys are listening to this and you know, some of business awards that we need to go after, you know, holler at us, uh, let us know what's out there. Cause, uh, the best we're going to be able to do is a Google search and just see what the <laughs> hell pops up. So if you hear of anything. Uh, But Mike's a good dude, man. Make sure you guys go follow him. I think, you know, uh, we're going to see a lot more things where we can all partner up together and do some cool things together. So, Um, And as always, guys, if you got any value out of this, any tips, tricks, anything you can use, please do us a favor and leave us a review wherever you're listening to this or watching this. And those reviews really help us get out to more and more people and share this with somebody who would get some value out of it. That would mean an absolute ton to us, So, But as always, guys, love you, mean it. See you, bye. When I created Success Champions, it was on the idea that most people make themselves an island as they're growing their business. Yeah, they just don't want people to know how bad things are, because if anybody knew how bad things are, nobody would do business with you. So, like me, they don't often reach out for advice, they don't get support, they just try and put their head down and grind through it. And let's be honest, man, that, that lifestyle sucks. And when you're constantly trying to find yourself to push through it and figure it out on your own, it often leads to misery. We created Success Champions, so you don't make yourself an island, so you don't build your business alone. There are a ton of people that are going through it on the same journey that are looking for the same advice you are. Maybe they've been through it and are looking to help. So come hang out with Success Champions. Go to successchampionnetworking.com. Go visit one of our peer groups and let's help you actually get to business freedom. Don't build your business alone. Come hang with us as success champions.